Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time, said Mrs. Poole. But I don't think anyone who once saw Mr. Hyde could forget him. You were so young, just out of the nursery and into the schoolroom. Such a solemn child you were, calm and quiet, unlike other children, with big grey eyes that always seemed to be asking questions. Do you remember Miss Murray, with her globes and French grammar? You used to come see me when you were tired of conjugating or declining, or whatever you call it, and I would give you a bit of ginger cake. I don't know if you ever saw him yourself, though he was here often enough. I did, once, said Mary. But tell me what you remember about him. I have a particular reason for asking. I was head chambermaid then, so I rarely saw gentlemen guests. My father was still alive, bless his soul. It's not my place to criticise Dr. Jekyll's guests, he would tell me. But that Mr. Hyde just makes me feel like taking a shower with plenty of soap. He spent most of his time with your father in the laboratory. But I saw him once or twice, creeping down the stairs as he did, with an evil look on his face. The sight of him made me shiver. I remember it to this day. I saw him once, said Mary thoughtfully. He was standing outside my mother's bedroom door. He had his hand raised, as though about to knock. But he turned and saw me, then lowered it and gave me such a look, almost of guilt, but also a sort of glee. He grinned, and I remember being frightened and running back to my room. Later I told Miss Murray that I had seen Rumpelstiltskin. She looked back down at the documents spread over the sofa. What do you remember about the murder? Shocking it was, said Mrs. Poole. That old gentleman, Sir Danvers Carew, beaten to death with a cane. Such a brutal crime. And Mr. Hyde was implicated, said Mary. Oh, I don't think there was any question of his guilt. It was a dreadful time. The police coming around, questioning us all as though we were criminals. I'm convinced it hastened your poor father's death. But Hyde disappeared, and hasn't been heard of since. Good riddance, I say. Until now. Look, this is what Mr. Guest gave me. Mary held the account book out to Mrs. Poole, turned so the housekeeper could see the list of figures, and repeated what the solicitor had told her. Mrs. Poole looked down at the book, then back up again at Mary. Astonishment was written on her face and for a moment she could not speak. Then she said, I don't know what to make of that, miss. I don't know what to make of it either, except that my mother knew where Hyde was and was sending him money each month. Could he have been blackmailing her? With what, miss? Your mother hadn't a secret in the world. But I think my father did. I've been reading one of these letters. Mary picked up the letter and stared at it, frowning. There are references I don't understand, scientific references in part, but I'm starting to think that my father was involved in some strange things, Mrs. Poole. Well, he always was a secretive gentleman. Shall I take your plate, miss? I'd like to wash up before banking the stove for the night.
I'm sorry, said Mary. I'm being inconsiderate. Sometimes I forget it's just the two of us now, and you're the one actually doing all the work. If only you would let me help. Mrs. Poole removed the plate and cutlery in a way that expressed her complete disapproval. She has always had the remarkable ability to show exactly what she thinks without saying a word. It's a very annoying trait. No, you may not add a comment here, Mrs. Poole. I hope you don't stay up too late, said the housekeeper. And do light the gas when it gets dark. I don't want you ruining your eyes. I won't stay up, said Mary, but I want to finish looking through these documents. I have a sort of idea. Mrs. Poole, wasn't there a reward offered for information leading to the apprehension of Hyde? A hundred pounds?